This Voice of the Arts podcast is made possible thanks to the Carnegie Museum of Art. You're listening to the Voice of the Arts, WQED-FM. I'm Jim Cunningham. Blaine Siegel is here, the manager of the public programs of the Carnegie Museum of Art. We are going to discuss the 58th Carnegie International Film Festival, which runs March 3rd through the 12th. Rasha Salti, an independent film and visual arts curator and writer, put it together, an historic and expansive collection of films that looks into morning and night and provides expanded context into Is It Morning For You Yet? the 58th Carnegie International overriding theme. The selections for the festival highlight the cinemas from Central America, Algeria, Morocco, Senegal, Lebanon, France, and the United States, and they're drawn from the geopolitics of the Cold War, films that present a version of history that challenges the impunity of the victors, confronts imperial powers with their legacies of devastation, and forges their own paths for repair. The movies will be screened at Carnegie Museum of Art and the Rowhouse Cinema in a festival format. I can get all the information on the website about which movies we're going to be able to look at, Blaine? Absolutely. You can go to the Carnegie Museum of Art website or Rowhouse website to find all the details. Have you seen any of the movies? I have, actually. Now, which ones uh, should we... They're all fascinating and deep, and they're things that you can't see anywhere else. I think that's such a wonderful aspect of the festival. They are all very different, and it's one of the things about the festival I think is really going to draw people in. We don't often get to see cinema from Central Latin America, especially in Pittsburgh, PA, much less the broader United States. Um, One film that I'm particularly drawn to is El Lugar Mas Pequeño, The Tiniest Place. Um, That is a film that is created made in El Salvador, and it is honestly one of the best edited films that I've seen in quite some time. Um, It is almost like a very precious object, but very beautiful and deals a lot with memory and the memory of living in that space. Your curator, how did you select Rasha Salty? Rasha, she had a relationship with the curator of the 58th Carnegie International, Sorab Mohebi, and he reached out to her in her vast experience working in film festivals as a curator. Um, she has actually been doing stuff with the Toronto Film Festival and very versed in international cinema. So she seemed to be a very good fit to match the show that does have over 100 artists from around the world featured in it. Were you able to meet Rasha? She works between Paris and Berlin. I have met Rasha via Zoom. Um, she is a wonderful personality and I cannot wait to meet her when she's in town next week. She's actually going to be introducing some of the films the opening weekend and at Row House on Saturday, March 4th, the 7 o'clock showing of Before the Dying of the Light. Rasha is going to introduce the film, and then anyone who sees the film can have a beer with Rasha afterwards at their tap room to discuss the films. Nice. I think that should be fascinating. How often will you have introductions to the movies? We will introduce every film. Um, we're going to take advantage of Rasha and Sora being here the opening weekend, so they'll do most of the introductions for that first weekend at Row House, and then myself and some of the other, uh, well, myself and other curators of the Carnegie International are going to be introducing the films at Row House and at the museum on the 12th. Now, which movies for you had a seeming direct connection to the piece of art in the gallery. I was looking at the Lebanese Rocket Society, the strange tale of the Lebanese space race, and I immediately thought of that giant rock which seems to have ghastly remnants of flesh hanging from it up in your gallery there. Um, yeah, I now that you, I had not made that connection, I feel like there's a lot of parallel 
motivations and questions that are happening with the films and the artworks in the international. And now that you pointed out, that is a new one that I have in my constellation of thoughts about the artworks. Um, but yeah, the Lebanese Rocket Society, that that one in particular, that is going to be a traditionally very well-made documentary that features a very interesting point in time. Um, and just like we're saying right now that films are connecting to artworks in the show, a lot of the films have connections to each other as well. Pardon my French, because my pronunciation is not the best, but uh, Le Ani 68 is another documentary, very straightforward, focusing on a very particular place and time that you kind of take into modern context and then can kind of parallel with a lot of the artworks in the show. Any of the films that strike you as more broadly entertaining? Obviously, there's a documentary angle to some of these things, and some of them are very provocative and challenging, but I, I wonder what the most broadly uh, story-based movie might be. Two come to mind right away. Um, Just the Movement and The Inheritance. Uh, the Inheritance is the only film made in the United States, a uh, filmmaker from Philadelphia. Both films are very difficult to categorize and it makes them very exciting. They take elements of documentary filmmaking, elements of speculative fiction, and they kind of have a very fresh take on what narrative structures can be. Um, so anytime you see a film like that that you really can't put your finger on and they're done so well, it's like it's impossible not to be, you know, engaged by them. Some of them seem, well, they all seem so exotic because they're from places that we never see movies from. Morocco, Colombia, Gu Guatemala, you name it. Uh, each individual film uh, must be a discovery for most. Even, even film buffs are going to be surprised by some of the things they'll see. Yeah, um... I'm gonna build on something you said, a discovery. Um, there's two films that almost act as time capsules, um, footage that was found, thought lost and rediscovered uh, as we have an off frame. And then before the dying of the light, the Moroccan film who's taking graphic novels, old posters, old artwork and old film that was found and kind of recontextualizing it in the film. And it's fun to go to Row House Cinema always. I like your theater at the Carnegie because the seats are comfortable and they're pretty widely spaced, so you're, you're going to have a good movie experience in both locations. You I agree. Beer, too? I agree, yeah. Hey, that's that's why when you asked if I had met Rasha, it was soon as they, Rojas said, hey, can we have anyone from, like a filmmaker, anyone from the film festival come and have beers with our audience? I think as a collective unit, we all just smiled and said Rasha at the same time because she has the personality to do it and take and, advantage. And, of course, the Rojas has the special... Uh, collection of beer right next door. If you're not a beer drinker, there are all kinds of things to uh, consume there and wet your whistle, but uh, it's extraordinary what's right next to the row house. I don't know how close your movie screenings are going to be to the hours of the Carnegie Cafe. Is it possible to get a, a meal at the cafe and then go see a movie, or are you too far apart there? No, it is, it is possible. Um, we are screening the films on the March 12th. There's going to be two screenings at We'll take a look. Yeah, we'll, we'll take a look at when they are. I know they're. I know they're in the afternoon. I know the cafe is open, and so it is entirely possible to have a meal and then see a film. Now, uh, have you uh, had a good experience with the Carnegie personally? I mean, with the international so, so far, how's attendance been? Everything going well there, as far as you can tell? Oh, it's it's been fantastic. Um, we're talking, you know, as the public programs manager, I get to talk to a lot of people that we're bringing in for special events, conversations, and 
often people are pulling me aside after an event. They want to talk about the show. They want to talk about what we're doing. They want to talk about what we're doing next. So the film festival is just another way to kind of carry those questions forward and to promote what's going on with the international. Well, I just want to encourage everybody to go because it sneaks up on you. The end, right? It happens in March. I, yeah, the, la the last day is April 2nd. So in some ways, having this festival now, um, especially getting our partnership with Row House, so we're out of the brick and mortar of where we are. We're out in the community. People can see the films and then, you know, come back and see more films on the 12th in the museum once you've seen the, and experienced everything else that's been going on. And, you know, you can look at it with fresh set of eyes. It's interesting. There are singular events in, in the life of the art fans and film lovers, and this might be your only chance to see some of these movies. I mean, so much is available online these days. I don't know how many of these could possibly be found later online, but I'm guessing not all of them. No, I, in all honesty, I think I was only able to find two of these films in my research online. Everything else you have to see in the theater, so that does make them special and it gives kind of a precious quality to what we have, and they are not going to be showing anywhere else in the state. So yeah, definitely take advantage of this. Of the other films that you've seen personally, what else would you like to draw attention to? I know you haven't had a chance to look at each one of these. And the total, how many do we have uh, in the complete run? 11 films from around the world, international filmmakers. Um, one filmmaker, which I have seen the, uh, the trailers for, read about them, but have not seen, and I'm excited to do so, are the films from Mercedes Monica Rodriguez, um, Palabras Magicas, and El Inmortal, both of them uh, taking place in Nicaragua, dealing with historic events from the past, but with a very fresh perspective. So those are two that I am extremely looking forward to, and those will actually be a double bill at Row House that you can see together. So great, and they're relatively inexpensive tickets. Uh, at the Carnegie, they're free if you've got an, a ticket to take a look at the art. Yeah, yeah. Films are free with admission. Um, and then uh, at Row House, House Cinema is $12.57. There right? it is. <laughs> <laughs> the courtesy of Kate. Thank you, Kate, for the, for the information. And uh, the uh, Row House Cinema, if you haven't been there, it's on Butler Street in Lawrenceville. Correct. So there are lots of opportunities to find another spot to eat for uh, a new dining Adventure, of course, on Craig Street there are numerous opportunities, but I always like to send people to the Carnegie Carnegie Cafe because it's a special experience there as well. Thank you. Okay, Blaine, what else do people want to know about this? I want to get everybody to uh, energize themselves and, and and get over there. Well, we have one week until it kicks off, so you know that's a, a make your schedules, get ready. Um, we're going to be running, like I said, each one of us is going to be there to introduce, to talk about the films, if anyone wants to talk about the films. And this is a great way to kind of start a cap to the, what's been a really incredible international, the 58th. Wonderful. I want to know just a little bit more about you. You have an art piece out at the airport. I do. Where is it? They are hanging on concrete columns in the food court. Um, it was pieces that I made working with the paint crew who paints the runways at the airport when I was the artist in residence in 2018-2019. What does it look like, your art, since this is radio and listeners can't picture it in their mind yet? Oh boy, so imagine, if you will, a paint truck that you see on the side of the road and they're spraying lines and then someone else takes over and starts driving the truck in Wonka jog ways with lines going everywhere, yellow, red, blue, um, black, and then you take the paint that's on the ground and you're able to lift it, cut it up, and reconfigure it. 
and that is the best visual description I'm going to give you of what the artwork looks like. Do we have a contract with the airport which uh, will allow them, will insist that they stay there into the new airport? We are working on it. <laughs> oh, good for you. We'll look for it next time I get out there because we've done some live broadcasts and had a good time. And I'm glad that there's an emphasis on art at the airport. kind of makes up for moving the uh, Calder sculptures around and painting them the color that the artist didn't expect. They, they, they've made good I, I think in the in the meantime, and you also did some work for Conflict Kitchen and Wilkinsburg High School. Uh, what were you up to there? Um, Conflict Kitchen. It was kind of the precursor to the job I have now. I was the education and outreach director there, so I was figuring out ways to take what we do at Conflict Kitchen out into the community, out into schools. And in Wilkinsburg, I ran a um, mini artist residency after school program to work with the eighth through tenth graders for one year. That sounds great. And unfortunately, Wilkinsburg High School has been merged with the Pittsburgh Since, system. yeah, I was there uh, one year before it shut down, which kind of broke my heart. Um, I thoroughly loved it there. Um, but, you know. Now you're at the Carnegie. Yeah, now I'm at the Carnegie. One door opens uh, when one closes. Absolutely. Okay. And, and uh, Conflict Kitchen, what are they up to? I haven't heard it from them in a while. Um Conflict Kitchen no longer exists, but Don Waleski and John Rubin, uh, the directors, have both um, continued with their art careers and teaching. John is at Carnegie Mellon University, and Don is somewhere in Upper State New York, and it escapes my mind where she is. Some teaching great now. work that was done there at Conflict Kitchen, that's for sure. Oh, they are fantastic. Okay, the work you're doing at the Carnegie with the public programs. What else do you think people might want to know about your area of influence at the Carnegie Museum of Art? Because it's a broad range of public programs you have going on. We do. Um, when you go to the museum, it is more than just going to look at art. Um, you know, we're hosting conversations where you can get more in-depth information about what you're seeing, about what is happening. Um, you know, luckily, we have the film festivals, with which offer other perspectives and other entry points into the artworks. Um, and we want to, you know, keep fostering that as much as we can moving into the future. Blaine Siegel, such a joy to see you, and I want to wish you all the best with the film festival. Have we forgotten anything essential that we should mention? The dates are March 3rd through the 12th. Correct. Take a look at the website, the Carnegie International Film Festival, so that you can figure out whether you can see them all and where they're going to be shown, some at the Row House Cinema and some over at your place, the Carnegie Museum of Art, and they'll all have the intros, and Rasha Salty, who will have to put them together, is going to be there. Sounds like a blast. I cannot emphasize enough that you will not get another opportunity to see these films. So if you're hedging, don't come see them. Thank you, Blaine. Thank you. Appreciate it. This Voice of the Arts podcast is made possible thanks to the Carnegie Museum of Art.